Okay, kicking it off, we have Mr. Joe Luckett. He's the founder of Affluent Solutions. Give us a little wave. Thanks, Savannah. Okay, boys brought a fan club. We love to see it. <laughs> Next, we have Miss Brittany Rogers, who's the communications manager at Peacock. Peacock in the building. We have Miss Laura Seddon, who's the founder of Changes. I would say, y'all already know Trey Thomas. Let me, let me do an introduction. We have Trey Thomas, the VP of Lori Harvey Enterprises and also the founder of Brown Boy Management. Woo! Tonight would not be possible without Miss Sandra Adaribe. She's the founder of Experience DTR and we having an experience, hey amen? All right, all right, all right. And last but certainly not least, we have our moderator for the evening, Ms. Rahel Baker. She's the senior manager and HR business partner for Disney. Come on. Y'all know y'all got them subscriptions on, on tap. Let's get it. Let's get it. We're so excited to have you here, um, and I'm really excited to be joined by our well-esteemed panelists. Um, I'm really excited also to kick off our new series, which we're calling DTR Insights. And honestly, the purpose of this series is to really give a platform for all of the brilliant creatives, influencers, and talent that we work with, because I think there's so much knowledge in this room alone, and we really want to give a platform for people to be able to share their expert advice and give guidance and also like kind of pave a path for those that are also aspiring to follow our footprints. So really excited to kick this off. Thank you, Sandra, for hosting us. We're so excited to be here. Um, and so I think a really good place to ground our conversation today um, is really to kind of explore the topic of what a modern creative is. And so I think um, that's actually a really good place to kind of kick off, um, you know, our panel discussion and it's open for anyone. Um, and so I think, um, you know, a good question is when you think of the term modern creative, what comes to mind? Yeah, let's start with... Should we start with Brittany? Yeah, let's start with Brittany. <laughs> Don't be shy. Let's start with Brittany. Let's Don't be shy. Um, I think a modern creative is just really being yourself. Um, it's really just, I feel like creativity is just what you own pretty right. much. You know, it can be what you wear, it can be your hair, it can be what you do. So I think now in this age of like influencers, it's mm -hmm. basically doing whatever you want in your own creative way. Yes, I love that. Anyone else want to share? Um, I guess I feel like a modern creative is someone who learns to tell a narrative um, in anything that they're doing, whether it's their business, their life, um, you know, relationship, career, job, anything that is, you should always be able to tell a story about it. So, yeah. I think the modern creative is mobile. Uh, so I think after COVID, the whole working in an office nine to five kind of died out. So the modern creative can really create anywhere, you know what I mean? They're traveling to different places, activating, um, and kind of like what you said, it's storytelling. So just taking what you do and just documenting it and getting paid for it, you know what I mean? But just being really good at telling your own story and documenting it and 
letting people pay you for it. So straight up, pay you for it. A premium. Yeah, I think it's just anyone who has a vision and executes it. I think there's such a, a low place of entry now. If you have a phone, you are a videographer, you're a photographer, you can be a podcaster. So if you have a vision and you bring it to fruition in real life, you're the modern creative. To me, a modern creative is keeping that childlike creativity. I have a son that's three years old that plays with these big-ass blocks, and he puts stuff together, and like he sees stuff that I don't see. And I don't shut that down. I allow him to keep creating and build what he's building with those blocks, whatever that is, and just get inspired by that. So I think mod of creative is tapping into that creativity space where anything's a toy, anything's a joy, um, and just don't get away, get away of yourself with that. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think like one of the things that people don't really understand about being a creative is it takes so much risk to put yourself out there in a really vulnerable way. And I think of being a modern creative is pushing past, you know, yeah. any standard that's defined and putting your art out there, right? Yeah. And I think everyone on this panel has done a phenomenal job. And you have to be that. vulnerable. Yeah. Yes. Being a vulnerable is in a really good space. I think we get caught up in not wanting to be vulnerable and embarrassed what people say, but real creatives take risk. Right. And I'm not creating art for anybody else here but myself. Right. No, I love that. And I think another thing, too, is, you know, through Network Bingo, I realize that there's a lot of people also, like, following the entrepreneurship, you know, kind of roadmap. So one of the questions I have for this group is, what are some tips or tricks that you have for converting leads um, or clients into actual, like, you know, people that you work with that you get paid for? Um, and how do you actually set yourself apart in, you know, a market that's so dynamic and so competitive? So any thoughts there that you want to share with the group? I feel like if you are a problem solver, you'll never go out of business. So really just kind of figuring out, okay, as my business, what problem am I solving? You know, what solutions am I coming up with that nobody else is coming up with in a creative way? And if you just really focus on being solution-based, focus on solving problems, then you'll find people who need you. And it's way better to find clients who need you than, you know, having to force clients to work with you because then their expectations are a little off, weird, right? But if they need you, you know what I mean? They're like, whatever you got to offer, like, we need you, you know what I mean? So they come at you with a lot more respect. They come at you with a lot more reverence for what you do. So I think just really focusing on, okay, what problem am I solving? What solutions does my company, what solutions can we come up with? And then marketing that, um, I feel like that will make the clients actually come to you instead of having to play this game where you're trying to find business and you're trying to find people. No, I agree. And like to piggyback off of you, um, two things I always pride myself in with my clients is execution and anticipation. Um, so I always tell everybody, no one executes harder than me, like mm -hmm. nobody. Um, I don't mind sharing my network. I, I really don't care. I would give out any phone number you guys ask me for because I don't feel like you're going to take anything away from what I know what I can do. Um, and I also anticipate, so I'm always 10 steps ahead, right? Um, I've had the you know, opportunity of working with some very controversial people. And, um, but I, and I get to know them on a different level. Where I'm like, oh, okay. And I, I just learn what they may do mm -hmm. that I may have to clean up or right. change. Or, and I also sit down and I have these things called uh, plan of actions. Dates are important to me. So when I'm sitting down, if I'm saying, like, if someone tells me, like, hey, I want to start a skincare business in a year, right? 
we're going to find a date. We're going to stick to it. And if I feel like um, we don't finish it, then it's one of those things where I'm like, ah, oh, I fail. I don't like to fail. So dates are important to me. So execution, dates, and anticipation are really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think whatever you want for yourself, give to another. So if you want to have clients and people always talking about you, do that for other people. Constantly put yeah. them in position. And then something else I found with brands is that certain brands I've wanted to work with, we've literally just done campaigns or we've executed and then sent it to them. And we've, we've worked with some huge brands that I never thought we could even get in contact with by giving them a, a finished product. Mm -hmm. Like You'd be surprised, especially if you put it out on social media and things go viral, you'd be surprised what can come in um, just from executing. I think for me, it's a little different because I am the client. Um, so it's more of just like, how can we break the barrier, especially for like a streaming platform for Peacock? It's like, how can we be cooler than the next? Um, so I do work with brands and it's more of like, a mailer perspective. It's like, I want to, you know, go viral on social. So if I'm working on this project, what brand should I work with that's going to like amplify it? So for me, it's all about amplification and also execution because I can work on something for months, but then like by the end of that, I'm like, okay, this hard work paid off. I worked with this brand. They're amplifying it on all platforms. So it's more of amplification and execution. Um, for me, I don't know if this question was geared toward me, but at Affluent Solution, mm -hmm. uh, now we develop a CRM that allows content creators to monetize their platform and collect data from social media. I think a lot of people are on social platforms and the subscribers are on your YouTube, the subscribers are on your Instagram, the subscribers are on your Facebook, but you can't actually one-time click and reach out to those people. So I think in uh, my world, it's just about engagement, um, continuous engagement, and getting a CRM to capture those leads and then following up with those leads. I love that. And I think from like my lens, like from the HR lens, like my pet peeve is whenever we feel like we need to dilute excellence in the sense of like diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? And so I love how everyone on this panel talked about execution, credibility and just like really following through with whatever the deliverable is. So I think that's really important because it also paves the way for other people to have that opportunity to follow you because I think whether you like it or not, right, like people are watching. And yeah. so I think that's a really, really big thing. So thank you for sharing. Um, I think the other thing that is a really hot topic culturally, right, is just that diversity and inclusion really does impact the bottom line. So would really love to hear your take on whether or not you think, you know, the culture is actually being represented in media and whether or not you think any brands are doing it right, but would just love to hear your thoughts on, like, where, you know, you think the current pulse is in terms of culture, media, entertainment space. So I'm a software developer, and I walk in rooms, and not only do I am the only person that looks like me, I'm the youngest person that looks like me, um, but I don't work for anybody in that room, and I identify what's going on. I think the issue is um, a lot of a lot of content creators don't own those platforms. So when their Instagram get hacked or their account goes down, then they don't have that database at all, um, and they lose that. Um, and I think that we're not represented because we don't think about the ownership side of owning our content. Because right. um, we don't, when you post your stuff, you don't own it. Mm -hmm. Anybody can rip it, take it, reverse it, do whatever you want with it. Um, 
And I think we need to get in a space where we're starting to develop things where we can own our content and monetize our own content. So my background is multicultural and publicity. So I fight very hard for anything that is culturally relevant. So I've like worked on projects like Bel Air. I'm currently working on The Best Man. So I'm going to make sure the culture mm -hmm. is represented all right. the way. I'm going to reach out to influencers if I have to, you know, again, work with a brand. Um, I fight very hard because I feel like we need to be represented. And like you said, there's not that many black women publicists that even work at a network. If it is, it's only one of us, and it's literally only one of me on the communication team. So it's, it's very deep in my heart. Um, a brand that I really think that is showing up is Nike. The fact that they work with HBCUs, I didn't go to one, but I think it's so cool that they're literally like reaching out to these students and they're recognizing them. They need this recognition. They don't, they weren't getting that, you know, like 10 years ago. So now it's like being shown and like people are like, oh my God, I wanna go to this school, I wanna go here. So I feel like Nike is really coming through with like these influencer boxes that they're sending to people. Like I'm watching and I'm seeing who they're like tapping into. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Laura, do you have Oh, so I was going to say, um, you know what, MasterCard, they actually have a dope um, diversity and inclusion um, plan that they're pushing out, you guys to see, especially for black women. Um, they're creating a creative space for you uh, and donating like millions of dollars to um, businesses, right? Um, a lot of businesses that were overlooked by other companies and things of that nature. Like, for instance, shout out to Cynthia for Push LA. Um, but this is like a dope business that they're looking to. This is someone, this is a business that they're, that they're, sponsoring the money to to grow, you know, to put these into these retail stores and things of that nature. So um, I think that's a dope one, and I just <coughs> want to throw that out there for you guys to go and look into it. But any women of color, you guys have any business, anything that you're building out, that's something really dope to look into. 2023, that'll be coming out. Yeah, another good one I think is Good American. Um, it's Emma Greed and Khloe Kardashian's company. Um, not only are they extremely inclusive um, across Every factor, um, size inclusion is a big one. I know that a lot of brands separate like regular sizing and plus sizing, and they're the first one to have size zero to 24 all together, so that's a huge thing. And then Emma, the founder, is also a board member on the 15% Pledge, um, which is an organization that uh, works with retailers to make sure that 15% of their spend is with black-owned businesses. Um, and they're also a B Corporation, so they do a lot of stuff with social good um, and good within the community. So I think that's a really good one. I love that. Mm -hmm. Sandra, do you have any thoughts? Yeah. Um, I feel like the culture is seen, but as far as properly compensated, I feel like no. You know, I feel like a lot of these people in these high positions, they go on TikTok, they go on Instagram, they see the culture, they see what's being done and then they copy it, they pay black influencers like this much, you get what I'm saying, and then the company makes millions off of it. So I feel like there's a huge opportunity for very high talented black creatives to not only get, you know, those opportunities, but like equity, you know what I mean? I feel like we have a long way to go. Um, but I, that's really the purpose of, you know, this agency, what we're doing, we wanna be the bridge between these brands who have the money these brands have the money, you know what I mean, to pay influencers, to pay creatives, 
um, but to p pay minorities a premium, you know what I mean? Pay us what we actually deserve because your whole campaign is based on the culture. Like, let's be real. Like, you take the swag from the culture, but you don't pay them enough, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like we need to not only demand it, but, you know, demand it, you know what I mean? Like, and educate ourselves on what other people are getting paid, because that's really what helped me once I saw, oh, you paying them that? Okay, cool, we all get that, you know what I mean? So I feel, yeah, I feel like, again, you see the culture, like, you know, but I don't feel like we're getting paid the way we should, and I feel like the more we speak on it, the more we educate ourselves on, you know, what your budget really is, you know what I mean? I feel like we can demand that, and I think if we all come together and, and are like, okay, this is what we want to be paid, this is how we want to be represented, um, I feel like we can definitely see a change, you know? I feel like a lot of the people who come up with these campaigns don't look like us, but they think that it's a great idea, but it's corny, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? What you should do is actually hire a minority agency from the beginning to come up with the idea. Don't come up with the idea and then just hire black models to shoot it. It's corny. We don't like it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we could tell. Like, we didn't have anybody involved. Like, we could tell. So, uh, so yeah, I think we have a, I think we're getting there. You know what I mean? Like, you definitely see a lot more minority representation everywhere, but I don't still feel like we're being the ones, we're not the ones telling the story. You get what I'm saying? We're just kind of executing it or telling other people's stories. So, can I add, can I add to that? Like also, I, I've learned in, in going in these rooms. If you're one of none in the room, speak up because they want to hear you. You know, don't be shy to say this isn't right, this isn't working. Just speak up. Um, I've been able beneficial of that because I don't work for anybody in the room, and I'm like, yeah, this ain't right. Like, don't do this like this. But don't be afraid to lose your job over that because it matters. Um, you'll get another job. It won't be the end of the world. Um, but don't be afraid of that. You know, push forward when you see something's not right because you are that leader. And it, it may, you know, you may veer off and get fired, but also you may get promoted off of that or just somebody will respect you because you're speaking up for a lot of people that are watching things that you are putting out there. Yeah. And yeah. I wanted to say... Please demand your money. Please, 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 please. I work with a lot of influencers that will be like, oh, it's only $1,000 for an impost, but you're paying the next person $10,000 for an impost. The girl who said it's a chicken salad, the fact that Google offered her $500 is a joke. And I'm happy that, who is she with, Jenny Craig? I'm sure they paid her, like, a lot. So it's like, please demand your money. Do not be shy. Reach for the highest number and they will pay you. These brands have the money. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think it really does take a lot of courage to be able to take up space. But I think what's really important is to understand that you deserve to be there. And then I think also just kind of thinking about my own experiences, being a first-generational you know, person in corporate America, I don't know what I don't know, right? And so if you need an HR partner, I'm here for you. <laughs> you know, you can reach out to me after this. But I think you can also open it up and, like, you don't have to put anything out on the table, right? You can ask what is the range or you can ask, like, what are you paying for similar posts like this so that you don't put all your cards on the table, right? And I think, like, again, like, as we see more people, you know, take up space in this industry, then hopefully we can see people also getting paid what they deserved in the sense of like the content that they're also producing. So love what are, everyone is sharing. Are you a Honda or a Mercedes? Merce I don't understand the question, but Mercedes. <laughs> I don't get it, but <laughs> 87 gas all the luxury or brands. I don't get it, but <laughs> all the luxury brands. <laughs> but
but are you um, top shelf or bottom so, shelf? So we said this was gonna be really quick and really short. So my last yeah. question before we open it up for questions um, <laughs> is um, any any advice that you would offer to anyone in this room, or even honestly, advice that you would offer yourself five, ten years ago. You know, as you're kind of working towards 2023 or like um, anyone who's new in the space, um, open it up to anyone before we open it up for questions. I mean, I'll just say, um, I know it's cliche, but follow your dreams. Um, I was a person, so I work in talent management and um, brand, de brand development. Um, I literally love like corporate. I like the entertainment, like working at like Viacom and all these different places. But for me, I want to be in the trenches. Um, I'm a very much you see, what you see is what you get type of person. Um, so when I literally just, I. Worked my way up at like Viacom, and then from there I made relationships with these different um, celebrities, and I was like, you know what, look, I, you guys need me to come run your life, right? Um, just met them, had meetings with them, and was like, this is where I like to be. I feel like um, I'm, I'm in a better position because I'm building, I'm growing with them, um, I'm starting businesses with them, so yeah, just follow your dreams, man. I think that's super important to go into for me. I would say just be of service. Um, and Deepak Chopra says that we find our purpose or our dharma by asking the question, how do I use my unique gifts and talents in service to the world? And I would say just do that constantly and constantly be of service. I know it's super important, like you guys said, to get paid, to get your money. But I also think it's really important to just be in a flow state sometimes and just show up places and do it. I've done things before where I've put in so much work and made zero dollars and then got literally six figures after from something that came from that. So I think when we see things as the bigger picture of like, does this feel right? Am I supposed to be here? May I be of service? You never know what's going to come from that. Um, I can say, I mean, from my standpoint, I would say 2014 almost, I mean, I started my company 10 years ago. 2014, I found myself being a full-time Uber driver, and I was meeting a lot of CEOs. I would work from like 4 a.m. to 8. I was meeting a lot of CEOs. I'm like, yo, my intellect is just as much as theirs. Like, why am I not getting hired for jobs? Why am I not doing anything? I know why. But then I was like, you know what? I could just go create my own and just didn't give up. And like, I, I mean, now even looking at it, at that, I mean, it just... It keeps me grounded because, you know, being up and down, up and down, measuring success is about owning your time. And I 100% own my time. And I think that really is a thing because money's not going to measure your success because money could just go away. But if you own your time, you can develop your skills and invest in yourself and accomplish your goals, which makes you very successful. Um, for me, it is really being open. Um, my career has been all over. It's being open. It's going with the flow. And I've really, really learned how to say no. <laughs> I say no. If you don't like it, say no. If that's not what you want, say no. If that is not the budget that you want, say no. And just fight hard. Like, honestly, that's just how I am right now. It's crazy because... Seven years ago, I was like this fresh girl in LA that was nervous, and you know, now I'm like, nope, I'm not doing that. It's not happening. So, you know, it's really just go with the flow, be open, and just really learn how to say no. Um, I would say first, 
Become an expert at whatever it is you love. And we have no excuse because there's YouTube. You know what I mean? You can literally <laughs> learn anything Facts. you want. Um, and just become an expert so nobody can say nothing to you. And then Facts. next, do it scared. Like, imposter syndrome is real. A lot of times we're like, I feel that way. Like, what am I doing here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, am I just as good as this next person? Like, am I just as qualified? But the answer is yes. You're worthy of being there. You're just as good. You're just as smart. Because you'll put in the work. You know what I mean? So even if you feel a little bit uncomfortable, do it scared. Like, if you're not a little nervous, then maybe you're not taking a big enough risk, you know? So do it scared. And then don't give up. You fail when you give up. If you, it takes you 10 years, you know, you're still rocking, you know what I mean? Like, it ends whenever you stop. So just keep going. Um, and yeah, that's what I would tell myself, like, you know, 10 years ago, girl, just keep going, you know? I would have been telling yourself that too. Because you would have been here, I know, right? So um, I think we have enough time to take, like, maybe one or two questions from the crowd. Kendra is somewhere out there with the microphone. Yes, I'm out here with she the is. studio audience. Okay, thank you, man. Ready to take a couple questions. <laughs> Did anyone have any questions for the panel this evening? Waited my whole life for that. <laughs> that's my favorite sound. Did anyone have any questions? Yes, we have oh, one up here. Oh, in excuse the front. me, not moving fast enough. <laughs> Thank y'all for being here. Go ahead and stand up and introduce yourself, and go ahead and ask your question. <laughs> oh. Hello, my name is Nina. Um, so I'm curious um, what all of your creative backgrounds were in school, um, because as you know, Prop 28 kind of trying to revive the arts in schools and I'm in education and I care deeply about um, really promoting young artists and helping them find that passion and you all sound so passionate so I'm just curious about your backgrounds and um, how do you feel about like the state of arts education today? Yo, I really wish I took art growing up. <laughs> I did it. I don't even think I was really that creative in like high school or college. It really was like when I graduated and kind of started like just trying different things. Um, but um, yeah, I wasn't, I'm just gonna be honest. Yeah, I, I really wish I did though. Cause I feel like if I would have like took art or like fostered that type of creativity, I'd be crazy by now, like, you know what I mean? Um, so I definitely love what you do and love the fact that like there's people like you to help like young kids to really you know foster that type of creativity because it's so needed like my parents were just like be a doctor or a lawyer or like yeah. i'm african yeah. nigerian right so, like, <laughs> nice or an engineer you left nice off job. engineer Art? My engineer I think, I think for me, um, I I grew up in L.A. Um, and I grew up in that box where there's just like athletes and uh, then there was Diddy, so there was no like um, there was no really show of creativity. So I, I went to college. I was blessed to um, work with athletes, and in that time, I was able to explore my creativity. Honestly, like I googled 
what makes the most money that I could do the least amount of work? Stop it. And it was like being a, no, for real, it was being a software developer. So kind of after, I, w I wanted to be a sports agent because I was like, okay, I'm going to go down that path. After I got it out of that, I was like, oh, no, I could develop software. I could work from anywhere in the world on my computer. And so th that's how I kind of got into software. And I wouldn't consider myself a creative, um, I mean, in building automations, but it's more like a mathematic creator because I have to put things together. And I was able to put puzzle pieces together and learn from that and explore and, and, and learn that language between creatives and academics and kind of be in between because I understood both languages because I had lost that creative side, that inner child with me because it wasn't taught to me. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't something that I can be blessed to grow with. It wasn't a culture I can be in and, and just grow. So it was more so, man, just Google and YouTube and finding out what you want to do. Like my question to you guys is like, how many of you guys are happy right now? That's a real question. I mean, that's it's been open question. bar. Y'all should be very happy. Yeah. No, that, that's, Just saying. That's, that's, a, that's a real question, because I'm looking at y'all. Y'all all black and beautiful and yes. everything, and like... Yes, 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 yes. I mean, for, real. for everyone that's not black, you guys are still beautiful, too, and we're happy still, to have you in this still, space. Still, 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 but, but the... But, but to, to answer your question, is it's more so now we're in the world where Instagram has allowed us to see creatives become successful. So the blueprint was there. Before that blueprint was kind of hidden and taken. And now that we're able to see that, I think the younger generation has the opportunity to do that. They have to learn the business side, but then they have, they, they have the opportunity to explore the creative sides. And like I said, what's, what's success and what's failure? It is a little different for me because I went to an art school. Yeah, um, I went to Columbia in Chicago. Okay. So uh, my major was broadcast journalism. Yes. So I wanted to be the next Oprah. I only went to school okay. in Chicago because I was like, Harpo Studios is down the street. This is it. Boom. And that was not it. I did work at a news. <laughs> I did work at a news station, but that's why I said be open because broadcast journalism is broad. My concentration was in television. I never in a million years thought I would be a publicist. So it just, you know, took me on this journey that I never knew that I would actually have. And I think I'm a pretty good publicist at you this are, point sis. in my life. Yes, girl. <laughs> so I think, you know, it's just. Um, for me, like, going to Columbia, being in Chicago, you see these people hustling and bustling all day. And I was, I feel like I was pretty creative there because, like, I had blogs at that time. That's when, like, Nicole Bitchy was a thing, you know? So I was like, I want to be Nicole Bitchy, you know? Like, I was looking at people that were my peers that I, you know, felt like I can be this person. Um, and I just continued on more and more. So I feel like with these kids, like, when I see these TikTokers, I'm like, wow, that's creative. You can edit. I don't know how to do that. So, like, it's so creative. I feel like these kids, they have so much in them, but they don't know it. They don't know that they're being these creators um, and they're just posting on the platform. And I really want them to pull, pull that out. Like, you know, like, you're being cool. You can go to this, like, cool event right now. I'm sure somebody in here is taking a video and is going to put this TikTok together that I can't do. So, I mean, you know, it's just so for me, that's why I said just really be open um, and just go with the flow and just kind of like tap into whatever you feel like you're creative in. Thank you. Oh, oh. oh go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I think for me, um, I kind of started off as a creative when I was younger. So my family came from a small town called Opelousas, Louisiana, and then I grew up in Houston. 
And when I got to Houston, um, I just know I was in a program called Mini Course, and in that program, that actually was the program that Beyonce was in. Miss um, Darlett was our over everything or whatnot. Um, what they would do is every like four weeks, we would learn a different talent. Right, so my grandmother was the type of person to be like, okay, your ass want to run around the house? All right, then you're going to dance. All right, you know, it was, like, it was that type of thing. Are you singing? All right, then we're going to put you in the choir. So she made me learn um, all different type of arts. I learned how to draw. Um, I can play the saxophone. I tap dance. Drums. I can tap dance. I can tap dance with Solange. Like, a lot of things people don't know I can do. Um, and so she put me in a lot of like creative arts things as well as sports just so I could get like, you know, just open to the world and just learn different things. And especially with the community, I'm from the Houston, it's a place called South Park. So H-Town you know, Standard. Right. We out here. We out here. Okay, guys. All right. All right. Gather yourselves. Gather yourselves. We're going to have a freestyle session at the end, but this is not it. This is not it. Okay, guys, they know it's us now. They know it's us. We got to get it together. Well, thank you, Houston, for showing up and showing out. We sure appreciate you. We're going to let him go ahead and wrap up his answer, being mindful of the time. Amen? Amen. And so just over there, we had a lot of creative things going on. And then it took me into, you know, I'm a three-time HBCU graduate, and I love my HBCU. Shout out to Southern University in the building. Shout out to Prairie View. Who said I said uh, wait, Now, wait a minute now. Now, hold on, y'all. Shout out to PV. We'll talk about that later. But, yeah, so I think as a child, just being in the creative arts kind of helped me and brought in my, you know, creative, so... Oh, wow. So 30 minutes later. Do we have any more questions from the audience? Hey, friend. How you doing? Okay. Hi, I'm Susie. Um, you know, creatives come from all different backgrounds, and you guys all have so many different occupations. You guys all come from different parts of your industry. And so I'm just wondering... Who are some of your influences? Like, what's been some of your inspiration for your career? Oprah. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Oprah one time. For the one time. Um, I got to work for mine, uh, Diddy. I looked up to him since a child and just, like, um, take him just take me under his wing with everything, kind of teach me the business and <coughs> putting me out there and helping me get other clients. So I'm appreciative. So I got to work for mine. Fenty, Rihanna, Fenty Beauty. Come on, I feel baby. like she revolutionized. Oh, my God, today. That was her. Party foul. I feel like she, Navy, they needed water. I, feel like I get she it. Revolutionized like how you do marketing for beauty. You know what yeah. I mean? Before her, ooh, it's dripping. <laughs> Came through dripping. Before her, like you didn't see, you didn't see all those different types of shades with makeup, like. You know, we only had the Victoria's Secret fashion show, you know what I mean? You didn't see all those different sizes. Like, Fenty Beauty started that, you know what I mean? So that's definitely one of my, you know, brand goals, brand bays, you know what I mean, for sure. Good answer. 
Thank you. My biggest inspiration is Tupac. That's why my company is called Changes. Um, he was a prophet, and he left the blueprint, like the literal blueprint to how to change the world. So everything I've done has been modeled after him. I built a thug's mansion after his vision for that, and then now just try to bring to life, you know, a lot of the things he talked about in changes. we got to change the way we eat, change the way we live, and change the way we treat each other. I mean, honestly, mine was Oprah. <laughs> um, but, I didn't, like, again, I thought that I was going to be this, like, talk show host, like blogger, um, but then I became a publicist. So I, I really do enjoy looking at other black women that are doing it in this industry and I, I just like feed off of it so much. So it's honestly just like looking at like some of my, um, you know, mentors that are like really out here killing this publicity game and just like making a change. And for me, I, I just want to make a change and I look up to them like, wow, you really did that. And it's the execution. So I see how they executed it. I would say mine is like Steve Jobs, uh, Mark Cuban, and then like one thing that really captured me, I was a young boy when I saw this, uh, Russell Branson when he brought the airline version of America, and he didn't know Dilly Squad about airlines, that kind of motivated me, like how's this dude buying airplanes? Well, Kevin um, Hart did too with Soul Plane. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was lit too, but yeah, I mean, I, I, as a as a as a black man, like I said, we had Diddy, you know, growing up. But but I, I really looked into really people in the tech space and see what they were doing and um, how they just you know started from that basement and just grinded it out on the computers and really did what they did. Yeah. Well, I think we can close the panel. Do you have an inspiration? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be, I, I think for me personally, honestly, it's my mom. <laughs> I know that's like cliche, but I think like just seeing her come from nothing and like really just be brave and like come out here and like really start a life for all of us. It really gave me the courage to be able to be the first in my family to really try things, you know, because I honestly think if she was awarded the same opportunities that I was, she would be. Oprah or anyone else, right? And so it's just easy for me to kind of carry on our legacy. And so I really do it for my legacy, honestly. So for me, I just like, I'm just trying to kind of pave my own path. So whatever, you know, I, I love what everyone shared, you know, here today, but I think there's just so much beauty and influence in the world. And I think it's really hard. I think honestly, social media makes you compare yourself to so many other people that for me, in order to protect my peace, I have to compare myself to my version of myself last year <laughs> and you know just keep going from there so that would be my that's a word sis <laughs> well i think we're out of time for questions but really quickly i would love for everyone to join me in celebrating our amazing panel this evening <laughs> their information is available on the website you can find out a little bit more about them and their backgrounds as well as um, a space to connect these are all dynamic people yes. just kidding we're not done no, no, no. and we also plan to do this again so if you enjoy the vibes today and the networking please make sure we have your contact information so we can share with you the next opportunity to share dtr insights so thank you all for joining us today. Yes. thank you for our sponsors thank you kendra for hey, being a part of a host